Uh, first, I want to say that this year, as all the shayurim before Yontif, and this is a shir that's been given before Pesach, you may have noticed, is, do, do, uh, is donated by his the family of Dr. Jack Feldman, Sichrono Libracha, who I've said often, you know, I remember very fondly. He was a good person who was interested in the future of the Jewish people and especially the education that's necessary for that future. We all applaud him for that. Okay, here we are. Here we are. We know that the child who is sort of like could be considered the central personality in the Seder uh, is uh, he asked these four questions. And it's important for us to recognize the fact that these four questions are not all the same. The first question, why is it that on this night, not if Pesach, or on Pesach, we eat chometz and matzah, and tonight we just eat matzah? Now, we know very well that hidden behind that question is the fact, yes, we eat matzah. And I think more or less, we know why we eat matzah. matzah eating matzah helps us to tell the story. Like, you, you know, I mean, we know that when they left Mitzrayim, they, when they left Mitzrayim, they ate matzah. The Torah says they didn't have time to do anything else. Matzah is done faster than bread. So they they made matzah. Why, why did the Torah command us to eat matzah? Why did the Torah command us to eat matzah on, uh, on the night of Pesach, on the night of Sipur Yitziat Mitzrayim? Well, because when you act it out, when you're involved, you're like an actor in a play. It's happening. It didn't just happen. It's not just a story. It's a, it's a real. It's really happening. In some manner, I agree, it's not the same for everybody. And it depends on the effort that you make and what you put into it. But it could be. Everybody's had that experience of reading something wonderful and feeling it and being involved with it. And if you haven't had that experience, look forward. It'll be great. So the first question has two parts to it. The first part is why do we eat matzah? I mean, you know, those of us who were at a Seder last year probably could conjure up an answer to the question. I mean, you could, of course, answer the question with greater depth, insight, but the, the answer to the question is fairly well known and is actually in the psukim in the Torah. In the psukim in the Torah. But when it comes to chametz, it's not at all obvious. I mean, the Torah has really come down hard on chametz shouldn't see it, you shouldn't have it, you shouldn't know it's there. It does, it's not, a real chametz is not batel, it doesn't disappear in a, in a large quantity. It's really 
off the off the, the the record and and it goes for seven days matzah i don't have to eat seven days of matzah i mean i can avoid eating matzah i mean okay there's the physician of the gaon who said that if, even if you eat matzah during the week of pesach you're also fulfilling a kind of a mitzvah and he proved it by checking the psukim but when it comes to chametz no respite don't go near it don't let it come near to you take care of it make sure the children don't uh, do things that they shouldn't do because it affects everybody and implies everything and you know and and we've created unbelievable humors that connect to chametz unbelievable you have heard you have heard of kitniot I mean, the important thing to remember about kitniot is that they are not chametz. And even though they're not chametz, they're not chametz, it's kind of become universal. I mean, when I was a kid, there were still a lot of people who didn't, who, who, would, who would break matzah into their soup, who would eat certain kinds of oils would use the oils in order to to cook and bake on Pesach today it's all gone not all <laughs> but I know that if I want to make matzah bra in my house I have to shut the curtains because I don't want anybody to see it's really it's really remarkable how tough we are on chametz how unclear it is why we're so what that has to do with Yitziat Mitzrayim I mean Yitziat Mitzrayim they wanted to make bread but they couldn't they wanted to use chametz but they couldn't so chametz is a kind of a real mystery and it doesn't I don't recall I don't recall that in the in the uh, Agadah the essence of chametz and the and the explanation of the uh, the the prohibition against chametz is really cleared up. I know about slavery and I know about yitziah to go out of the slavery. I know what it means. I mean, I may not know it on a profound level, but I've got the idea. Slavery and freedom lack of God's watchfulness and suddenly God takes care of the situation so what is this business of chametz so since we started talking about chametz we have to like uh, bring in another topic that's connected to chametz and that's the korban todah korban todah the sacrifice of thanksgiving Every person, every person can feel the need at some point in his life or something that happened to feel that need to thank God. And the Torah tells us how you thank God. You bring a korban Hashem, you bring a real sacrifice, and the korban is designated as a Torah, as a todah, as a thanksgiving offering. And this is stated in the beginning of Vayikra Perik Bet Pasuk Yud Aleph. You see it on the board. And the Pasuk says, 
כל המנחה שתקריבו להשם, מנחה, המנחה זה מיל אופרינג. Like, like you make a, a kugel in a, in, a, in a frying pan. Who does that? The people who can't afford to bring animals. The Torah said they also have to have access to the process. They have to accept, we have to accept their needs and we have to support them and make it possible for them to give this korban. So the Pasuk says, Kol ha-mincha shetagrivu l'ashem lo te-yasech ha-metz. Lo te-yasech ha-metz, which means you can't have ha-metz in it at all. Well, why not? Why not? What does the ha-metz do? It makes it more edible. It gets everything glued together. It makes it into like a pie. He said, lo te-yasech ha-metz. No chametz should be involved in this korban, the korban that's called the korban toda. He calls se'or. Se'or is a general word which implies something that is machmitz, that, that, that does the, or, or encourages the process, which is the process called chametz. You know, making the, like the bread rises, that's called chametz. He calls Saor, we call Devash, Lo Taktiru Bimenu Ishala Shem, because Saor, which is in this case a synonym for Chametz, we call Devash, we'll see in a minute, Devash is honey. Lo Taktiru Bimenu Ishala Shem, no Chametz. No Chametz. Rashi says, Echol Devash, Kol Metikat Pri Kruya Devash. The Devash doesn't mean honey. You know, honey itself is a problem. How is it that we got to the point where we can eat bees' honey? And we know there's a principle that yotzei minatome is tome. That's something that comes out of a non-kosher source. It remains also non-kosher. Okay. So Rashi says we're not talking about honey. We're talking about anything that makes it sweet. Anything pre, call me tikut pre, kriyadvash. So the Pesach says, we call dvash lo taktiru bimenu. Don't use dvash, don't use the fruits, don't make it taste better. Okay? So we have a mystery compounded. And the compound mystery is, well, Pesach, we don't need chametz, we don't know why. But it's definitely something that is looked down upon by the Torah. And here in the beginning of Ayikra, in the beginning of Ayikra, we learn that you can't use chametz, sa'or, in a mincha sacrifice. This is further buttressed by the psukim in, uh, in uh, Vayikra Periklav, you see, Vayikra Perikvav, it could be on your screen. Let's go through these psukim. V'zot Torah Mincha. This is the, the regular, these are the regulations that are connected to the Mincha sacrifice. Mincha is a meal offering. Akrevotah b'nei Aaron, the sons of Aaron, 
It's their job to bring it before God to the to the Mizbeach. Okay? Pasuk Chet. Ve'irimi menu bekumtso misolet ha-mincha u-mishamna ve'et kol halabona asher al-amincha ve'ktir ha-mizbeach. There's a certain process in giving this korban. You have a, a, a large amount on a machavat. How do you know she's coming? Uh, a certain amount on. Uh, I don't know if the children clocked that. I didn't hear anything about it. I'm not just wondering. Really. About turning the clock. Oh, someone told me out there. I think the makeup lady said that they're changing. Rabbi, you're okay. We lost you for uh, for about a minute. I think I'm okay. I don't know. Yeah, it looks like you're okay now. Yeah. Okay. So here again, the Torah emphasizes the fact: Lo peafech chametz. Chatam natati otam eishai kodesh kodeshim hikechatatu chacham. That this uh, this poverty, this this poor. Uh, Korban is worth the same as a regular chatat and an asha. Finally, the last pasuk calls a chav of Aaron Yochalena, Hokolam Ladorotechem, Meshe Hashem Kosh Gabem Yikdash, that this is a korban that belongs to the entire family, to the entire family of, uh, of the Kohanim. So we look at the Rashi. Look at the Rashi on Pasuk Yud. Right, the Rashi on Pasuk Yud. You know. No chametz. No chametz. That's what the Pasuk says. Achashirayim asurim bechametz. Even what's left over can't be eaten with chametz. Kachatatu chasham. Okay. Rashi says. Rashi says what he says. Now, if you remember, you remember where's the pasuk? Here, here it is. If you remember Pasuk Perak of Gibel Pasuk Tedvav, remember that there's a mitzvah coming up called Svirata Omer. And we start the counting of the Omer. It's important to, it's important to recognize this. We, we start counting the Omer on the, the, even, the evening after the first day of Pesach. We count the Omer for 50 days. That's what the that's what the Torah says. You count the Omer 50 days, and after 50 days, Shavuot. Now, originally, or in the Torah, there is no mention of a connection between Shavuot and Matan Torah. It's true that the Gemara makes a cheshbon that the Day of Matan Torah was Vav Siva. 
the sixth day of Sivan. But this is not written in the Torah. It's not written in the Torah that that's a holiday called called Matan Torah. That's something that we did. We intuited it. We understood that tell that the Matan Torah needed a holiday, and we made one, and we hooked it up with Shavuot. And Shavuot, Shavuot, the mitzvah of Shavuot in the Torah is bringing the korban of Shtei Alecha, which the psukim, the psukim will, uh, will indicate in a second. So the mitzvah is usfarte lechem in Shabbat. You know, Mokhrat Shabbat is problematic. Those words are problematic. And the, <laughs> the Karaites explained those words as being the day after the first Shabbat of Pesach. So the first Shabbat of Pesach could be the first day or the second day or the fourth day or the fifth day, right? It was one, it's, it's a week. Pesach is a week so that the Shabbat of Pesach can be any day of the week. It can even be, well, well. Right, Shabbat means the day after Shabbat. That's when you start counting the Omer. Our tradition is that Bimokharat Shabbat means after the first day of Pesach. Rashi says Bimokharat Shabbat. Rashi says without a problem, Bimokharat Yom Tov. That you start counting, you start counting the day after Yom Tov. So this year, Votei Shabbat, you have a Seder. And Mozart Sunday, you start counting Sriyat Omer. That's how we do it. We further have managed to arrange it so that the 50th day, which is the day of Shavuot, always comes out on Vav Sivan. It was when we made a calendar, when we made the calendar and we, uh, we did certain we adjusted the calendar in a way that enabled the 50th day of Svirata Omer, which was also the day of Shavuot, to come out always on Vav Sivan. And Vav Sivan was the day that we understood that, uh, that we received the communication of Torah at Har Sinai. So in this pasuk, which discusses the mitzvah of Svirata Omer, pasuk Yud Zayin, mi Moshevotechem, mi Moshevotechem, the places that you happen to be, taviyu lechem tenufa shtayim, you bring two lechamim, two, two breads, a certain weight, solet, clean flour, tiyena, kametz, peyafeda, bikurim lashem. What is all of that? What is all of that? So we look at Basuk Yudzayin in Rashi, Rashi says, the, place, the places that you live, the places that you live, Rashi says, Velo mi chutzel 
not outside of Eretz Yisrael, but this is a mitzvah that's connected to Eretz Yisrael and the Beit HaMikdash. Lechem Tenufa, Lechem Truma, Lechem that is given as a contribution to be raised up to, to the Beit HaMikdash. Vizoya Mincha Chadasha, and this is the new Mincha that is brought on Shavuot. So on Shavuot you bring something new. And that's something new, that bread that you bring that is new. I mean, we all know that there's a there's an Eser of Chodosh, and that's related to what the Pesukim are talking about. But it says, especially the, in the interest that we have at the moment, is, is that the Pesuk says, uh, Pesuk says, Shnei Yesun and it was this carbon of Shteyalechem, this carbon of Shteyalechem is a carbon of Chometz. You're not worried. Chometz is allowed, even though the Pasuk that we saw at the beginning of Ayikra, the beginning of Ayikra, Kol HaMincha, Hashem Tagrib Hashem, Kol HaMincha means every, every meal offering. Everything which might have chametz in it, the pasuk says, "Lo chametz," and then gives a reason which we don't quite understand. But he gives a reason called "seorva," called "dvash lo taktiru anything that makes it into chametz seor lo taktiru bimenu ishel Hashem. Don't even use it as a korban. Don't use it as a korban. So on Pesach, on Pesach we're very, very chamur for a week. We're very, very determined to get rid of the chametz, to not let the chametz invade our four cubits, our Dalit Amos. It's really something overwhelming how careful we have to be to get rid of the chametz. That's why we clean so much. That's why we're so worried about how the various things we buy, food products we buy are made. All of these things, all of these things come thousands of years of care, thousands of years. And when we look in the Torah, we see, first of all, in the beginning of Ayikra, that this position, an anti-Chomet's position, is carried on with the Mincha sacrifice. It's like we say, the Mincha sacrifice, no Chomet's. The Mincha sacrifice is like Pesach. It's like Pesach. And then we know that Pesach is connected somehow to what we call Shavuot. And Torah calls it Shavuot. I mean is that they, there's like some sort of, a, they reference each other. To get from Pesach to Shavuot, you have to count. You have to count. We counting is called Sfirata Omer. We count from the bringing of, of Omer, which is a, a measure of, of a korban. 
a meal offering that we bring on the second day of Pesach to the Shteya Lechem that we bring on Shavuot. So this connects us and, and it means it means that somehow, I would say, I mean, the, the mashal, the analogy here is that somehow the prohibition against chametz, which is alive and well and very active on Pesach, when we bring the korban ha'omer, we bring a korban on the second day of Pesach, is connected to Shavuot, right? The Omer connects us. I mean, however it is, we're counting days, and we know that when we get to 50, that Shavuos, the Korban we bring on Pesach, the the prohibition against chametz is enforced by the time we get to Shavuot. It's disappeared. And we bring the korban of Shtei Alechem with chametz. Now, how is that? I mean, how could I understand possibly that the beginning of Vayikra, there's a general statement against chametz. And in Perakov Gimel, there's a statement about Surat Omer bringing the Shtei HaLechem with Chometz. So if we take, if I would, I would say, like what I would like to do is, is take the Psukim in Vayikra, the reference to Vayikra, in Vayikra, as being the basic attitude somehow. It seems to indicate that chametz is a bad thing, but it can be modified. The bad can be reduced. I mean, I don't know if you can get rid of it, of the bad, but you could reduce it somehow and make it more appropriate. After all, korbanot are the place in which we are closest to God, at least in theory. I mean, today, uh, maybe it's different because there is no Beit HaMikdash, but at the time of the Beit HaMikdash, it was considered to be the place where we are closest to God. So, of course, if there's something wrong with chametz, you wouldn't find that an appropriate place. And what would happen is you would think you would imagine, you would imagine that the homage, which is not appropriate for the Beta Mikdash on Pesach, should not be appropriate for the Beta Mikdash on Shavuot. But we see, we see that the Torah is sending us a different message. And that message is that homage is not appropriate but that the inappropriate nature of chametz can be modified. What modifies it? 50 days of counting. 50 days in which 
each day became more important than it was, in which each day became a day of devotion to HaKadosh Baruch So if you have days of devotion, it may be that the culmination of those days, or it sounds to me like a reasonable idea, that the culmination of those days results in a modified position about Chometz. Now this all assumes that the idea of Chometz was, was a mashal, was a mashal. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't Chometz, it was what Chometz stands for. And, and somehow you know that there was general agreement and that's a found in this Ramban that I had, which we will see if we have time for. That somehow Hametz represents something bad. So the Medrash says, and we saw last week that the Hamek Dovar at the beginning of Ayikra also says, that there is this idea that is a, ba a bad idea, that we can refashion the world. We can make things that were not there in creation. I don't know about which things we're talking about, whether we're talking about a cell phone or we're talking about uh, flowers that didn't exist when the world was created. What, what exactly we're talking about, I don't know, but the idea has appeal. Appeal like, like you inherit a world, and the world was created by God. So you should try to maintain that world and not make a new world. Don't make a new world. Says Hametz represents making a new world. This is uh, in the Ramban and also uh, repeated in some way by the Hamek Davor, by the Nitzig. Don't make a new world. Don't make something in the world. Hametz represents this uh, power to change things, like it left on its own, you'd always make a matzo. But you don't want to eat a matzo all the time, you want to eat bread, so you do something to it. You take the, the flour, you knead it with water, then you put something in it which makes it into bread, which makes it into bread. So this, according to the Chachamim, became the model for doing the wrong thing. equals the wrong thing. The wrong thing. The wrong thing is sometimes called Yetzirah. Yetzirah is like my inclination. I have an inclination to do things like if I'm hungry, I mean, the two, the two examples that everybody understands very well, the Ramban quotes these examples in the Medrashim, is like the fact that you want to eat is not a bad thing. I mean, Hashem created the world and ordered us to live in it, not to commit Harry Carry. We're supposed to live in the world. So how do we live in the world? By eating. I mean, it keeps up, it's okay. So the Chachamim said, yeah, but eating could be a bad thing. You could overeat. You could eat things you shouldn't eat. You used to create a world of lack of health and welfare just by eating. Just by eating, just because it's mutter to eat doesn't mean that you don't have to 
think about how to do it. That's what the Rahman says at the beginning of the parish of Kedoshi. Novel Vishus HaTari says the Torah doesn't say you can't eat. The Torah doesn't say you can't have sexual encounters. What the Torah thinks, or seems to indicate, it's also the Vasilis Yisharim. I mean, all the different sources talk, talk about this. It's just that I think, I think that none of these things are, are bad. But they are things that demand my consideration and concern. You can't just do anything you want. You can't just act irresponsibly, but you have to be responsible. Now, that irresponsible element in us is what we call chametz. Chametz, it's like, says, let me do it differently. Let me make a different world. Let me have a different idea. Right? You know that there are all sorts of strange ideas in the world. In the world. So what Svirata Omer says, what Svirata Omer says is, well, look, you know, you may not be able to get rid of the Yetzirah, but you might be able to hold it in check. Right? The Yetzirah, I don't mean that you're going to find him, the Yetzirah. I just mean that's, that's how we are. We're not com- always committed to doing the reasonable, the right, but we sometimes we say, ah, it won't bother me. I'll get away with it. I'll get away with it. And that's a problem. It's an ongoing problem as the Balatanya saw and spoke about at length. So there's a connection. There's a connection between Pesach and Shavuot. That connection is called Sriyata Omer. And that connection teaches us that if you have, if you have enough, enough uh, investment, you could bring the Yetzirah into a limited but real control. And you could have Matan Torah. It was Sfirat Omer that enabled the Chachamim to say, the Chachamim to say, let's make this the day, let's celebrate Matan Torah. Even though there was no such celebration in the Torah. Because the Torah apparently wanted to be able to say they understand it. They understand that you can't have Matan Torah if you don't get the Yetzirah under some sort of control. And even if that control is not permanent, even after Shavuot, you go back to the halacha that says you can't have chametz. Can't have chametz on any korban. Okay. The ups and downs. It's not always easy to change yourself in a permanent way. But it may be that there's an ongoing struggle which gets better and might get worse. So the Yetzirah, which is represented by Chametz, is brought under control through Svirata Omer, and as a result of which, Chametz loses that attachment to the Yetzirah and can be brought as a Korban. Chametz is also something created by God. 
but the chametz loses its connection to Yetzirah, and uh, the whole world changed at the time of Shavuos, and the acceptance of the Torah becomes a true option. So, uh, what does it mean? What does all of that mean for uh, for Pesach? I think we know that uh, Chazal have already said that the Jews in Mitzrayim suffered. I mean, that may be one of the reasons that God put them into Mitzrayim. They suffered from their association with the Egyptians. They, the Egyptians called out the Yetzirah. And even though Moshe Rabbeinu said, we're going to get the Torah, it apparently was not helpful enough. And the Torah was given to B'nai Yisrael to an unworthy community in the hope that the Torah would improve that. But we know that after Moshe Rabbeinu gave the Torah, went up on the mountain to, to get the, the Luchot, uh, they built the golden calf. And the golden calf as you, you should understand, was the, as Chazal say, was the result of the influence of the Arab rock. The Egyptians who came along with the Jews, as you see at Mitzrayim, and the Jews were Bali Chesed. They learned about Chesed from Avu Mavinu. But, they, but you have to protect yourself. If you take people into your house who you don't know, you have to make sure they don't influence your children. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a difficult thing, but it's something that is necessary. So we tell the story of Yitzhak Mitzrayim. And at the end of telling the story, we say, and we were there. We were also in that story. We also left Mitzrayim. We also are the ones. We are those people. We are those people. So even though we, we were not completely at home with our new position as being representative of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, we're not so completely at home with the fact that the Yetzirah presses us all the time, that we takes an effort. It takes a, a, a major effort. So the Pesach became the holiday that leaves us with a challenge. And that challenge is called Chametz. And by getting rid of the Chametz, by, by, by cleaning the house, by getting rid of the Chametz, by eating food that doesn't have any Chametz, and all of that, that's me the thinking about how I could live a more noble life. How I could perhaps live in a world where I wouldn't have to say that the chametz is forbidden. I would be able to say I have no interest in the chametz at all. So again, the attitude of the Torah 
in the beginning of Vayikra, Perik Aleph and Perik Bet, telling us that you can't have chametz as part of a korban mincha. And then the apostle telling us that if we connect Pesach to Shavuot through the Svirata Omer, we'll be able to bring the korban with chametz. And so we see that for Pesach, we have to recognize the fact that the story doesn't end. The story doesn't end, and maybe saying at the end, Lashana Habab, Yerushalayim, makes sense. Because that's the story. The story of Pesach is a story that goes on. That's just starting. Wherever you're sitting, wherever you're talking, just goes on. So I wish you all Chag Hashem all the best to you. We'll continue again after Pesach. All the best. Be well. Thanks, Rabbi. All the best. Be well.